1: Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a make cafe iced coffee in any
2: size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Welcome to NoBS Job Search Advice Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Alpin, the big game hunter, the head coach for Job Search CoachingHQ.com. And this is episode 836 of the show. Welcome. And I'm continuing this week with my theme of injecting some of my interviews from Job Search Radio about interviewing. So, these are longer-form interviews uh, that come from the earlier days of the show. As I've mentioned before, for 2017, No BS Job Search Advice Radio was focused on interviewing and Job Search Radio covers everything else. And I've brought in some of the older episodes from Job Search Radio on this subject, right? interviewed experts about some element of job search. So, today's interview is with Eric Kramer, uh, a person who'd written the book about active interviewing and has a site called Interview Best. We recorded it in 2015. The material is still perfectly good and valid. So, I hope you like this show. Please give it five stars on whatever service that you listen to it on. And also, connect with me on Facebook, Jeff Altman, the Big Game Hunter is my page there. Oh, I forgot to mention, I'm not sure it's in the outro here, but I'll just simply mention, if you're interested in interview coaching, reach out to me at Jeff Altman at TheBigGameHunter.us in the subject line, put the words, interview coaching. We'll set up a time to speak and we'll walk through uh, how I work on it. Now, let's get going.
1: You know... uh... When I started speaking with Eric Kramer, who's my guest on this show, about his book Active Interviewing, I realized pretty quickly there was a lot we were going to need to cover, more than we could possibly do in one show. So I immediately booked him for a second. On this one, we're going to talk about how the system is broken and some of the things that you can do about it. The second one, we cover a lot more detail about what to do, but here we're going to The case for why interviewing is broken and take you through some of the basics of his ideas. So hang in there, sing along, please.
2: Are you looking for a new job or interested in leveling up? Job Search Radio is your go-to resource for insider tips on job hunting and growing your career. Here's your host, Jeff Altman. So my guest is Eric Kramer. and. Eric and his company, Innovative Career
1: Services, provide, surprisingly enough, career services and information for job hunters and others. His book, Active Interviewing, and the website, InterviewBest.com, are going to be the focal point of our discussion of a more effective interview strategy, and I'll have links to both of those in the show notes. Eric, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you on.
0: Jeff, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
1: You're very welcome. So, as I was reading your book, you know, it's very clear to me that you think that the interview process is broken. That it's awful. Um, what gives you the idea that it, it's broken?
0: Well, you know, uh, Jeff. I've, matter fact, of fact, can I to back to look up look
1: for like one second before you answer? Oh, that? Sure, sure, sure. What What do you mean by it being broken? What's wrong with it altogether?
0: Well, first of all, I mean, the most fundamental thing that's broken about job interviews is it doesn't do what it's supposed to. It doesn't pick the absolute best person for the position. And, in fact, just yesterday online, I read um, some research by IBM that said that only 39% of current employees would be rehired if given the chance. So, the interview is not selecting the right people, and even if they select a person that works out and does a good job, they may have missed the A player, the person that would have done the best job. So it's not a great selection tool. So that's, that's why it's broken. It, and it's it, funny you talk. I'm sorry. Please continue. Yeah, just, no, go ahead. Yeah. It, no, it, it's broken. So all the research shows that it's just not doing this basic Jobs, selecting people.
1: And it begs the question, you know, on objective skills. I can understand that, you know, that people do assessments and, and they try to evaluate whether people have the knowledge that's necessary. But firms get into this thing of trying to do a fit, uh, and how this person's going to fit into our organization. To me, that's the biggest place where it's broken because the people who are trying to evaluate for fit, number one, aren't equipped to do it like you are or I am. Uh, And and folks, this is a man who's been trained, uh, psychologist or psychiatrist, psychologist, right?
0: Yes, yes. And, and
1: thank you. And I'm trained uh, as a, a, a clinical social worker. We have a, a capacity to do such evaluations that most hiring managers don't really have. So, you know, it's clear to me that it, it, it breaks down pretty clearly on
0: that. Uh, so, instead, yeah, of firm- it breaks down in a lot of areas. I mean, you know, even from from the get go, oftentimes there's a very poor job description. So um, one of the primary reasons that an applicant uh, doesn't work out once they're hired is that they're taking the job thinking it's one job with one set of requirements and one set of duties, where when they get on the job, it turns out to be something completely different. So in the interview, it's not communicated, here are the critical job requirements, here's what you're going to be doing, here's what we're expecting from you, and can you do these, these things? So, you know, it's broken from there. Um, basic skills sometimes can be evaluated through um, uh, objective testing, uh, you know, sitting a person in front of a computer and having them do coding or having them do different uh, Word, Microsoft programs or whatever, and they can look at a skill set. But it's very difficult in an interview to measure cultural fit. Is this person going to fit into the culture of our organization? Are they going to get along with the people here? Do they have personal um, characteristics that are going to um, fit into the organization and and actually work along with the other people here? And that's very difficult to evaluate in, in interviews.
1: And I'll go the extra one extra dimension on that. On top of that, I also believe that the people who should be hired who don't fit, because you want to encourage the rebel, you want to con- encourage diversity of thought and attitude, in order to springboard firms forward. After all, you know when we stop and think about it, how many firms would ever hire Steve Jobs or Larry Ellison or or some of the greats of American business? They have personalities that never fit in anywhere, and that was a good thing.
0: Yeah, I that's a great point. I mean, in fact, a lot of the research shows that because of the lack of training, hiring managers basically hire people like themselves. So if you're an applicant and you walk in and you have gone to a similar school or you come out of a similar ethnic background or if you come from a similar geographic location or even if you like the same sports teams, you're you're more likely to get hired, and then it just perpetuates – that kind of stereotypical person within the organization, the organization gets very insular and they don't have the the rock stars like the Allisons and the Jobs and the, you know, so on in the organization. Um, And again, it comes down, you know, interviews are broken and one of the reasons they're broken is that hiring managers are not trained to be good interviewers. So, um, you know, that's on one side of the desk. On the other side of the desk, applicants... Are not trained to be good interviewees. They don't know how to actively sell themselves in a, uh, interview and be able to communicate how their background skills, education, experience is a good match for the job requirements and why they're an excellent candidate for the position. So, you know, both sides of the equation, it's just not working. And then, Further, if you look at the fact that there's just two people sitting and talking to each other in an interview and there, only 20% of us are auditory learners, which means that a lot of what's being talked about in the interview because it's only talk is being missed, forgotten. The interviewer is only focusing on what they want to hear and what matches their Preconceived um, ideas of of the way the applicant should be. So it's really a mess. It's just, and it's really in need of fixing.
1: And when I hear preconceived notions of what someone should be like, bias re- tends to rear its ugly head. And you mentioned it you know, indirectly before. It's the, you know, do I know this university? Do I have a sense of what their background, or, or what the training is like there? Uh, do I know this company that they work for? Do I have that predisposition that when I say Google or Apple or, or Goldman Sachs or whatever the company is, do I have a halo around that firm? Or not, uh, and respond to, to that organi- respond to that person based upon all these secondary factors of corporate branding and university branding and what have you rather than just looking at this man or woman sitting in front of me and determining whether or not they can do what I need them to do. <laughs> So I agree with you wholeheartedly the system the system is far more complicated than it needs to be Now we're going to cover a lot more on this show and on the next one But I want to pause for a second and talk about my job search insider tip Which is about job offers Uh, and, and someone asked me recently how long can I consider a job offer for? and I He was thinking he could take a week, 10 days to evaluate it, and he was kind of surprised when I said to him, you know, you can consider an offer for as long as the firm will allow you to consider a job offer. And he went, huh, what do you mean? I I thought I could get at least a week. I said, well, you could try for a week, but the reality is they may turn around and say, you know, we've got a good number, two who's really turned on to this job. Why haven't you been thinking about this throughout the interview process to determine whether or not you would be interested in taking this offer? The only piece of information that's different that's been added on at the last minute is salary, everything else you knew about. So the reality is, folks, if you're considering a job offer uh, and you ask the firm, you know, how long do I have, whatever they're willing to say to you is – The way it is. There's no rule that says the firm has to give you a certain amount of time. And, again, understand it from their perspective. They have a need. They're trying to fill it. They've got a backup person who they don't want to lose either. So that other person is is considering other things too, and they're prepared to move on to them if you don't take it. So that's the way it is, and that's my tip for this show. And if you're interested in more, come over to my website, which is TheBigGameHunter.us. There's a lot more there that you can watch, listen to, or read to help you with your job search. So let's come back to Eric and continue our conversation. So when all is said and done, when a firm is trying to hire or a person, maybe let's look at it from the standpoint of a job hunter, uh, what sort of questions do they have going into this process? What sort of things does a firm uh, that's purchasing a service kind of want to know about uh, when they're evaluating that service, which in effect is, folks, what you are.
0: Service so, so y- you know, Jeff, as you know, my overall um, approach to job search is that the job search is a sales process. And then when we specifically come down to a job interview, a job interview is a sales call. It's an opportunity for the job hunter to get face to face and present themselves actively as a salesperson would in um, in in the interview. so, it behooves the, uh, the job seeker to really think about this process as if they were a salesperson and how a salesperson would approach it. So, you know, first of all, the hiring company is interested, as they would if they were hiring any product or services, what are you going to do for us? How, if I purchase your, your services, how is that going to benefit my company? And how is that going to benefit my company more than hiring somebody else, some some other services? So, you know, and then it's like, just like anything, who are your top customers? And what did you do for them? Is a sales question. So, again, for the job hunter, it's what have I done for other companies? Um, What did I do for them specifically? What value add did I add in my previous positions that I can now bring to this new customer, this new company? How am I different? You know, how are my services? How do I differentiate my services from other people's services? How do I differentiate what I do from other candidates that you might be interviewing? Um, and how how can you be sure? How can I, I assure you that you will get the best services should you decide to hire me? So I want to talk about. The benefits I bring, the the mistake that many people make in interviews, they talk about their features. I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. I have this education. I've gone through this training. Those are all features. You need to take those features and translate them into the benefits. You know, I've gone through this training, and the benefits to your company will be this. I've worked for a competing company, company. Doing these types of services, this, you know, project management or sales or coding, whatever, and the benefit to you will be this. So it's really to fix this interview, it really becomes the responsibility of the candidate to come in and really present themselves very powerfully as a salesperson would, differentiate themselves, their value adds, the benefits they're going to bring.
1: So just to be clear about this, most people walk into an interview and they're prepared to talk about what they've done, period. For such and such firm, I was responsible for such and such. And what I hear you saying is talk about what you've done in the context of what might matter to them. Did I get that right?
0: That's that's exactly correct. It's exactly correct because if you think about it, you know, if I'm hiring you, I'm not really interested in what you have done in the past. I'm interested in what you're going to do for me. Now, I will talk about your past, and I'll try to understand what you've done in the past, so I can get a better understanding of the things that you might be able to bring to me. You know, so if you tell me that you've done these tasks. At a prior job that I'm looking for you to do for me, yes, of course that helps me to be um, more confident that you'll be able to do those things for me. But I'm really thinking it's going forward. See, that's one of the, the problems with bringing resumes to interviews. You know, people do it, and, and it's a kind of a standard practice. But a resume is a backward-looking document. It talks about all the things you have done. You know, one of the things that I am a big proponent of is using a interview presentation and in that presentation talking about going forward. Here's the things I will be doing for your company. So, for example, you walk into an interview and you have a 30- and a 90-day strategic action plan, which says, when you hire me, here's my goals for your company. So it's this constant communication of, We're moving forward, and I'm going to be adding value to your company moving forward. I've done these things. It proves I can do it, but here's how it's going to apply to your company.
1: So in preparing this document, if you haven't really spoken to them or have anything more than a job description to go by, how do you put this document together for them at interview number one?
0: Well, Well, what, one of the things that, that, that typically happens is you have a screening interview. So even in the screening interview, you can start to ask questions like what are the critical job requirements, um, how is this position um, uh, evaluated, uh, what what are the top priorities for a person in this position, what would success look like in this position in six months or a year. So you can start to do some analysis. Again we are all salespeople, and we all have good sales skills. We need to take those sales skills and start to apply them. So think about a salesperson going into a sales call. They may have been called by a company and said, you know, we're looking for someone to do sales training or we're looking for someone to um, uh, install a computer system for us. We'd like you to come and talk to us about your company and your services, your product. In that first uh, phone into, uh, contact, they'll ask some questions. What's your company like? What are you looking for? Then they start to develop a sales presentation, and then when they get into the the, the sales call itself, they do more of a needs analysis right at the beginning. And then, as they learn more about the company and what their needs are, they'll focus in during the sales call on those elements. Same thing in an interview: you get initial information from the, the, the job description, initial information from the phone screening, you get information from researching the company on, on, on the web at their um, at their website, maybe through LinkedIn or other. Uh, places to to find information, and then you put together this presentation, and the presentation is not stamped in stone. It is a place where or a document that creates a conversation, and then within that conversation, the first thing you do is kind of a needs analysis, understand more about the job, and then as you go through the rest of the presentation, you target those things that the company is looking for.
1: I I want to... pick up on one term you used, and then add another. You spoke about needs analysis. I'm going to add in the one, requirements gathering. Uh, I think both of them complement one another pretty well. Uh, And I thought I would ask you, in your mind, what goes into requirements gathering in the context of an interview or in the context of uh, preparing to interview with a firm?
0: Well, you know, I think when I talk about needs analysis, we might be talking about um, equal terms in terms of requirements gathering. Um, you know, for example, in, in a pre- interview presentation, the first page is, talks about a, um, you know, here's what I believe to be the critical requirements of the job. I'd like to talk with you about them. So, you know, a critical requirement might be that a person has experience um, working with a distributor network. Well, Tell me about working with a distributor network. What's your network distributor network like? What is that distributor network looking for? What kind of interaction? What kind of um, what kind of activities go on? What kind of projects are, are you involved with? So as you start to talk about that, you're doing requirements gathering. So it might be that, well, we need this person to be able to um, respond to RFPs or we need this person to be able to put together proposals. We need this person to be able to um, do some business development. We need this person to be able to do account management. So you're starting to gather this information, um, but in a very active and a complete way because you really can't address the needs or the requirements of the company unless you really understand what the job entails, and what kind of skills, abilities, knowledge, education that they're looking for.
1: Given that interviewers seem like they're on the clock these days, because they are, they have one interview after another uh, backed up on their schedule, how much time do you think uh, doing a needs analysis in that first phone call might take?
0: Well, you know, I, the, the, first, the first phone call is you typically schedule for about 30 minutes. Um, and I think that you can do it within a 10 or 15 minute time frame if you've prepared the questions you want to ask and you're succinct about them and you can't ramble. So, you know, if I have, um, if I know that I have a phone screening interview coming up and I write down three or four questions I want to ask. Um, I think that works very well and it might take up maybe 10 or 15 minutes of that. And of course, the other time in that, in that phone screen is for the uh, recruiter or the HR person or the hiring manager to get to know the candidate um, so they feel comfortable that the person um, is deserving of a, of a face-to-face interview.
1: Folks, and Eric, you can differ with me. It's quite all right. I think in most, a firm will give you seven, maybe ten minutes tops uh, for questions at the back end. Uh, I just think given how interviewers, interviews are structured, even for the phone interview, they're plowing through an agenda of questions uh, that – they're holding the baton with, they're controlling the process with, Uh, so maybe you'll get seven, ten minutes tops uh, for most interviews, and yeah, there are exceptions, but I just think there's a limitation there, and you, you folks can wind up working within that framework to get answers to these questions very easily because, folks, when you think about what a typical interview is like, let me equate it back to a sales process. When you think about a good salesman, does that person walk in the door and say, well, let me just tell you everything we can do for you? No, they ask questions. They want to understand what, what the firm needs, uh, what the problem is that the organization has that's prompting them to reach out for services or a product or what have you. They're not just walking in the door and announcing everything that can be done. You, know, you don't do that at a car dealer. <laughs> you know, any, car I, you you know, any car can do what you want. Any car can get you from point A to point B, but there are other things that you're interested in. Um, you, know, you may have a need for a minivan because you have a large family. You may want a sports car because you're newly single and you want to drive a uh, convertible. You, know, you go on and on. But you know, in job hunting, uh, like in sales, you want to understand what it is. Is the real problem that needs to be addressed at that organization. And I think this is a great approach for, uh, for doing
0: it. Yeah. You know, Jeffy, you, you know, the point you make, I think, you know, and, and you obviously have worked with hundreds and hundreds of, of candidates as a, as have I. It seems to me that like, there's no two interviews are the same. I'll tell you, you know, I just had a candidate this week, got laid off last week, um, had a connection and submitted his resume. To a company on Friday, he was interviewed on Monday and got the job offer on Tuesday. How often does that happen?
1: <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, it just just—it's—it's
0: it's rare, right? But it happens. Um, how often does it happen that a phone screening interview may last for forty-five minutes or an hour? You know, typically it's a half hour and maybe even shorter. But there's times when they go for a half hour or forty-five minutes. Um, I've, you know, I've talked to people that have been interviewed and the interview lasts for 20 minutes. I've talked to people that have been interviewed and the interview lasts for an hour and a half when they were told it would only last for 30 minutes. It's, it's all over the board. Um, and I know that a- as you mentioned, there are certain companies in the country that are very, um, have a very rigid structured format. Ask these six questions, every single candidate gets asked those questions and it's a panel interview and then they move to the next but i find that most companies in this country are small companies and they have their interview process is not very formal or very structured and you know part that causes some problems because you know again the interviewers are not well trained but you know the interview schedules and formats and times they're just all over the place so it's hard to judge. Uh, you know, one of the things I often suggest to my candidates is beforehand, do the best you can to try to understand what the interview format is. When the person calls you to schedule that interview, ask questions: Who will I be meeting with? Who are these people? What's their job titles? How long are the interviews scheduled for? You know, so, so you understand a little bit more about what 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 you can expect and how you can prepare.
1: I like that, and and, and frankly. You know, if for some reason the person you're speaking with who's the screener, uh, because some organizations will use relatively junior people who are just given an assignment to make screening calls, Uh, Mm -hmm. if that person really doesn't know about the function that this person serves, go to LinkedIn. You know, everyone's on LinkedIn. Oh, almost everyone's on LinkedIn. You can get a sense of the person's background if they're not there. Do a Google search. You know, you might find information about them by using Google. Uh, so, yeah, one of the one of the things I
0: right one of, one of the things I've actually suggested to my candidates, you know, people that I work with, um, is ask to talk to the hiring manager. You know, say to the person. You know, I'm really interested in this job. I'm preparing for the interview. Can I have an opportunity of speaking to the hiring manager for maybe 10-15 minutes so I can really be well prepared going into the interview next week? Now, lots of times, no, a no. The hiring managers are busy. The screening person's job is to keep you from connecting to the hiring manager. Other times. People have gotten through and said, "Yeah, you know." I mean, if you think about it, and and this is my perspective, the most, one of the most, perhaps the most important thing that hiring managers doing is finding a person that's going to do a great job in that position. Why shouldn't they spend time helping everybody that's coming for an interview? be the best prepared for that interview. You know, it's again, if you compare it to a salesperson, if you say if I call you Jeff and say, look I'm I'm in the, I'm in the market for a computer system. Um, I'd like to talk to you about the computer systems that you sell, but I'm not giving you any more information. Just show up next Tuesday. I mean it, it wouldn't work that way. I would want to take time to say, Jeff, here's what I'm looking for. here's what I'm needing. Please prepare to be able to talk to these issues in terms of my computer needs. Well, why are hiring managers doing that with uh, candidates? Time issues, it's just not the way it's done. But it never hurts to ask. People are concerned, oh, I'm going to be looking like I'm pushy and I'm going to be too aggressive. No, if you ask in a nice way, hey, what, you know, is there an opportunity for me just to spend a couple of minutes talking to the hiring manager so I'm really my, you know, well prepared for the interview next week? You never lose on those and sometimes you win.
1: And often there's a disconnect between how HR is screening for the job and how the hiring manager wants to screen for the job, where one over- or underemphasizes particular issues that really need to be addressed. So you know, when you think about it, often these job descriptions that you're reading wherever you found them were created years before, and they've been sitting online and are pulled out as some template for a job description that can get approved every time it's sent up. In fact, that job description may have morphed three years before and doesn't have any basis in reality anymore. So right. better to have a little bit of prep uh, where you have a clearer idea about what's really being sought, what the, the key elements are, what the success factors are going to be for someone uh, who's coming on board, than to just work off that job description. Using the job You're description to me – I'm sorry, I just want to finish this one point – is the lazy approach to it.
0: Yeah, and, and your point is great, Jeff. So I, I've had a lot of candidates who have come, you know, they go through and they and they meet with the first interviewer, and they talk about here's what I believe the critical job requirements are. I'd like to discuss them with you, make sure that I understand them. They go through a whole conversation. They come out of that interview, you know, with an understanding of what the job description and what the requirements are. They go into interview number two, and they say, you know, based on my conversations with, you know, Joe in the first interview, um, here's what I believe to be the critical job requirements and, and what this, you know, person in this position will be doing. And interviewer two says, that's not what I think it is. So then, even within the organization, people have all these differing ideas about what the requirements are and what the job is all about. So um, that's I've, again where the is. I've seen now. this happen
1: so many times. I agree with you wholeheartedly. For, you know, we're, we're coming up on the end of our time with one another, and I know we're going to do a, a, a part two of this. But in the meantime, is there one more point that you want to make for today uh, that you think my audience should hear that relate to a previous conversation?
0: Yeah, I, the, the point I'd like to leave the audience with is, is this, that it be, job interviews are broken. It is the responsibility of the job hunter, of the candidate, to fix their interviews. And they can do that, and they can do that by approaching the interview as a sales process. Um, again, they should not be fearful of this word sales. We are all salesmen. We sell constantly. If we if we replace the word sales with persuasion, we're persuading people to do things all the time. Persuading our kids to clean up their rooms. Persuading our spouse to go to this restaurant or that. Persuading friends. I mean, we're, we're persuading bosses to take on our ideas. So we're constantly selling. We have good sales skills. So they need to actively approach. They can't be passive any longer in an interview. They can't sit there and just passively, you know, go answer one question after the other. They have to become salespeople, use sales skills, sales approaches, and guide their interviews. Not control the interviews, but like any good salesperson, have a sales process in mind and go through that sales process in the interview. So the first thing you do is it needs analysis and then the presentation and then the wrap up and and all that. So the bottom line is get active in interviews. Take on an active role and that's where the name of of my, my strategy comes from, it's active interviewing.
1: Beautiful. Eric, thank you for making time today. How can people find out about your work, find out about the book, find out more about you?
0: Um, thanks for asking, Jeff. The, the best, two best places for people to find out more about this, um, really, it's Active Interviewing is a comprehensive strategy for preparing for and, and managing interviews and following up on interviews, and they can find out more about that at activeinterviewing.com. Now, we also have a online tools that go along with the Active Interviewing strategy, helping people pr- prepare a briefing book, to prepare for the interview, helping people put together an interview presentation they take with them to the interview. And then also the host, we help to them write the a follow-up letter. So um, that's, you know, they can go to uh, interviewbest.com.
2: Super. Eric, thank you. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, here are a few ways to connect with me. First of all, if you're interested in one-to-one coaching from me, Email me at JeffAltman at TheBigGameHunter.us in the subject line. Put the word COACHING. This way, I know what it's about. I can get back in touch with you. We'll figure out a time to speak for an introductory conversation so that I learn what your needs are and you can figure out if I'm the right person to help you. Generally, I work with people at a manager level and above, but I do make exceptions from time to time. If you're not at that level and want advice from me, the best way is through JobSearchCoachingHQ.com. There, I have curated information that I've developed and others have as well that you can watch, listen to, or read that's going to help you find work more quickly. Again, you can ask me questions through the site. I'd be very happy to answer your questions. I look forward to helping you in either of those two ways. And, if we're not connected on LinkedIn, send a connection request to me at linkedin.com forward slash IN forward slash TheBigGameHunter. Mention that you listen to the show because I love hearing from fans, from listeners who have been helped by the show. And, like me on Facebook. The page is facebook.com forward slash nobscoachingadvice.com or look for Jeff Altman, the big game hunter there. Give me five stars, a great review. It helps other people discover the show. And I'll be back tomorrow with more. In the meantime, have a great day. Take care.